Hello, and welcome to Mac Gamecast episode 20... I was going to say 2023. 23. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Carr. As always, with me is Casper and Ted. How you doing, gents? Hey, uh, it's really nice to be back after a bit of a uh, holiday break there. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's nice to be back. Doing well. Yeah, yeah. Had a bit of a break. I was gone for the last three weeks on a trip. Um, I got out a tiny little two-minute, you know, hastily uh, published video. I think anyone listening can probably hear that I'm out of breath because I was literally just running around my house, like, packing and doing things. And I'm like, oh, insert expletive here. I need to, like, put out something about the podcast. Now, there won't be one for a month or so. And uh, so I'm like, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I didn't end up doing any, like, solo content or reviews or anything as I, th- I was hoping to, like, pre-publish them. And anyway, that never happened. Um, but I did get out the interlude thingy and surprisingly high amount of people downloaded it. I think like 32. <laughs> nice. Considering our average listening counts anywhere between like 40 to 50, 45 or so is probably our average download. Some of them are higher, like 50 something, but <clears throat> I was impressed. So that was our interlude. We're back in action. It's 2022. It's almost February, uh, in short order. And um, we don't have Lily or Sam. Lily is somewhere on an island with no internet doing army things. Uh, And Sam never responded. So maybe, you know, Gremlins got him or something. Not sure. Well, you know, Sam. The natural explanation there. Yeah, naturally. Uh, You know, he'll have to let us know later. But of course, we have the wonderful Casper and Ted here. And uh, we have a few main topics. We're going to talk about how... Microsoft bought Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, to be precise. That's the main thing. Casper will regale us with some adventures on PlayStation 3 emulation on Mac. And uh, we might have a few fun stats or other um, upcoming Mac games to chat about as well. Um, before we hop into the Microsoft thing, because that's kind of the bigger, more serious thing, um, would you mind telling us more about your PlayStation 3 on Mac stuff, Casper? Um, sure. So there's this project called RPCS3, which is a PS3 emulator. Um, used to just be available for uh, Windows, Linux, and FreeBSD. Uh, but very recently, uh, they've got uh, somewhat official Mac support. I say somewhat official in that it's it's still in a very early alpha stage. And it's not something that you can just go on their main website and download. But it is um, a product that has a downloadable uh, app bundle rather than just you know go compile it yourself um mm-hmm. so you do need to get it from their uh, continuous integration server so it, it's not really official support yet but it is very big steps towards official support nice um i've been following the project for quite some time and like they've had little indications of interest in mac support in there for quite a long time uh with compiler specific flags for apple platforms and such but it's always been uh less than ideal. <laughs> um, but in recent time, um, a developer called NAS has really pushed forward on the, the Mac front. So it's it's in a pretty good state right now. And I've been playing around with it for a while. Um, Andy, Andy Sai, uh, Andrew, we had on the podcast uh, some time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did a video on it on YouTube uh, where he goes through how to set it up. So if anyone's interested, it's I think his tutorial for setting it up is a pretty good and concise explanation of how to get started with it. Uh, even though things change very rapidly because it is in a really early alpha stage, so things change right. quickly. Sure. Um, but it is pretty um, pretty fun, and it can already uh, do quite a lot. I mean, it, it is built built on a, a platform that's 
already fairly well developed for, as I said, PC, Linux, and FreeBSD. Uh, so the Mac version just uh, jumps right in and, and stands on the shoulders of that work that's already been there, right? Um, nice, nice. So I've been um, I've been playing a couple of games with it, um, trying out some things, and some games work fairly well. Um, good, you know, playability, nice, um, smooth experience running decently fine um some graphical issues here and there um some games just don't work at all right now (laughs) um a lot of the time when they don't work they also don't work very well on the other supported platforms so that's not necessarily a mac specific thing but sometimes you will also find games where the wiki says hey it works perfectly and it just doesn't on the mac platform yet but things are moving really quickly and it's like even between like from one build to another, like one day to the next, you can get some things to work that didn't the day before. So things really do move rapidly. Um, and I think it's pretty cool how they also got performance to where it is already uh, with their Molten VK uh, engine. So Vulcan to metal translation right. to get the graphics running on macOS. It already performs really well, I would say. Um, there are, of course, you know, problems because the ps3 was a fairly (laughs) special system hardware wise so emulating all that it it does take quite some computing power even though the ps3 is an older platform um but yeah it it runs well um and they are presently working on uh, arm 64 support um but that's currently mainly being done for the linux port um but when that's more mature they'll pull that in and and probably get the macOS native support for um, the M1 nice. architecture. Um, well. So, quick so question, cool. or a couple questions after this. Uh, one, is this um, purely mm-hmm. like an open source project? Is it meant to be commercial eventually or something? How does that work? Uh, it's entirely open source. Um, all the codes on GitHub. And um, so they they obviously don't condone uh, piracy and uh, if they did they would very quickly get well, into yeah. problems with Sony but making an emulator like this is not in itself right well that, against that, that was my next question anything, is so, well how do you get the games um, to play you know <laughs> right so um so there's several different uh, methods um that you can go about doing this um for one thing something you need to even get it to really work there are sort of ways to making it work without but to get it to work well uh, you need the ps3 firmware but sony actually publishes that themselves free you can just go download that um sony does that so you can you know reformat and, and reinitialize uh, reinitialize a ps3 a genuine ps3 but that works with the emulator as well so you can get the firmware like that and then for the actual games, well, the emulator has tools to um, ah. rip Blu-ray discs you already own from a PS3 and to go through that process. Uh, I believe that if you do own a game, you can legally download a ROM from the internet, I'm but I'm not a lawyer, sure so don't quote me on that one. Yeah, but I'm the, fairly the sure ripping that's game true, should be legal. Uh, what you just said about the ROM, because <clears throat> I, I, I haven't read it recently, mm-hmm. but lo- quite a while ago, like... There's some. I think they were even selling at one point a commercial PS1 or PS2 emulator. I'm pretty sure they were. I forget what it was called. Like a long time ago, like mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago or something. And I remember looking into it and this and that because I never owned a console. Um, but at a friend's house, I would occasionally play PS1, PS2 stuff. 
Um, so I was curious, like, oh, could I get, like, Tekken running or, I don't know, this racing game or blah, blah, something. Um, I never, I never did, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking into that, like, ROM download thingy. Anyway, piracy, blah, blah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm curious, you know, because uh, I'm not much of a console guy at all. Uh, maybe you know the answer to this, Casper. How backwards compatible is like a PS4 or PS5? Like, how how back in the PS line can you go? Can you play PS1 or two or three games, or how does that work? Like on a real new console. Um. So, so you, I'm pretty sure the PS3 games cannot be played on either a PS4 or a PS5 mm. unless the game was specifically Got upgraded it. to PS4 or whatever. Um, the That's PS5 can play PS4 games though. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm without yeah. any any issue. And for PS1 and PS2, I think uh, Sony. I don't know if there's any like support for just popping in a PS1 game or something, but Sony does sell on the PlayStation Network these like classic PSN games, which ah, are basically okay. PS1 and PS2. That was games, exactly uh, my next question. Like, wait a minute, consoles. surely there's some sort of market for these classic titles? Are they selling them somehow? And while well, you just answered that. Um, mm. Yeah, so that makes sense. I was about to say, if they aren't, yeah. there's like that's a lot of money they're missing out on. Nostalgia is a powerful tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there are also rumors that the um, PlayStation streaming service, the PS Now thing, is going to mm-hmm. include more and more PS3 games going into the future. Interesting. Um, like um, nostalgia thing were you were you well. like a PS3 guy back in the day or anything? I I kind of had both the consoles of that generation. Uh, sure, I said kind of yeah. because I shared them with my brother at the time. So, uh, but we what, had both a PS3 and, right. a, and a 360. So what's the uh, we mostly uh, hit me with though, a couple so, yeah. like really defining games for the PS3, or or maybe your own personal favorites. I mean, there's obviously um, that there's obviously The Last of Us. I yeah. mean, that was the the really big one, right? Um, but uh, I think also something that's like really good as a first-party Sony exclusive thing for the PlayStation was uh, Resistance, mm. uh, the Resistance series. Specifically, I really like Resistance Fall of Man, the the first one. It's graphically kind of shit because it was one of the first PS3 game one. Like it was a launch day title, and yeah, it didn't look great, but it was really fun and had some cool weapons. I, and, I remember and seeing some trailers for that. Yeah, um, it's a shooter. Aside from that, there is. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those creative shooters that has all sorts of like funny weapons, like weapons that could shoot through walls or <laughs> wow. bend bullets around walls and nice. stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, and there's the Uncharted series, which uh, basically, if you like the Tomb Raider style game, um, Uncharted really filled that gap mm. until Tomb Raider returned after right. you know, being off action the action adventure, jungle, shoot people, um, explore puzzles. But your you know. Uh, strapping yeah. Indiana Jones type fellow instead of a uh, girl. I've never played them, but I've heard Thanks, really good things about Uncharted. And I, I heard they're bringing Uncharted, I think, 4 and 5 to PC maybe this year or next year. So that's interesting. Sony has been doing a thing where they've re- been releasing a lot of their, uh, especially older games on PC. Um, I've been playing God of War recently, like the, yeah. the 2018. Yeah, PS4 I have my eyes on uh, that. Yeah. But that recently yeah, released uh, on PC. I'm just annoyed that mm-hmm. it's really good. Um they don't have like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, 
Um, what else have they put out? I forget. But they don't have them on like GeForce Now or anything like streaming wise yet. So they're not like quote unquote Mac available. You'd have to boot camp them. Um, mm. uh, yeah. So I'm really hoping at uh, some point yeah. those hit streaming because you know you know how big I am on on the stream train. Um, so yeah, I, if if God of War was on GeForce Now, I probably would have already bought it and be playing it. Uh, I I I kind of doubt they're gonna hit GeForce now because Sony has their own streaming service. But the prop they yeah, might go on I mean, PlayStation eventually, now. So. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there's been an interesting um, not not debate, but an interesting discussion going on on Inside Mac Game forums lately about because there's um, th- there's a big thread about just Mac gaming in general. It's been going on for years. Um, I don't know who started it. Doesn't matter. But I've occasionally chimed in, uh, especially on the streaming front, and um, because I've spent so much time on it, either playing it, researching it, talking about it. Um, and there was someone who was who was uh, really skeptical, like, "Oh, Nvidia is just going to drop, you know, they're just going to drop Mac support." They were really paranoid that, like, "Oh, they're just going to drop the app," you know, rah rah rah. And I'm like, well, I really don't think so. Um, when you go to the streaming. GeForce Now, in fact, Mac's the first thing they mention. They mention Mac, then PC. Pretty interesting. NVIDIA had a stream a few weeks ago on all things NVIDIA, blah, blah, new GPUs, this and that, talking about GeForce Now. And again, there's a Mac, like, prominent Mac laptop in the splash screen and everything. Like, their goal is gaming everywhere or anywhere. Like, I don't I don't see them dropping it. Um, and if for some reason they did, well, it still has browser support. So you just play, play in the browser. Like, even if for some reason the app right. isn't updated. But it's a pretty simple app. It's got a simple UI. It's not like feature rich. It's just running some API connections to Steam and Epic and whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's not crazy. Um, anyway, didn't mean to derail you, but the real question is, and uh, oh, bringing up Microsoft, nice segue. We'll get to them, but <clears throat> I know a lot of people are pushing their streaming. Like you mentioned, Sony has their own streaming thing. Xbox has had their streaming thing for a while. They've recently, relatively, they meaning Microsoft, have recently introduced, I think in the last year or two, a PC Game Pass, or I think they called it the Xbox PC Game Pass or something really stupid, and now I believe they've changed it to just be the PC Game Pass. (laughs) So what's interesting about this one, uh, and I was just fiddling around with it um, a couple days ago, is that it both streams games and lets you download them. So that's interesting. However, uh, it's a Windows-only service, on the downloads, of course, because you're downloading PC games. Uh, but when you go to stream games, it's streaming an Xbox version of the game. So, of course, you need a controller. Uh, I don't have a controller. Well, I, you know what I did? It doesn't work anymore. That's besides the point. I had an Xbox controller a long time ago to play some racing games and some other things, some uh, side-scrollers and whatever, but uh, it doesn't seem to work. So maybe... Anyway, I'm getting off track. The point is... Um, so I'm like, okay, how do I like fiddle with mouse and keyboard on this service so i googled it and haha there's some plugins for chrome that emulate the controller like it it like virtualized remaps it so i loaded up um i subscribed for a dollar it's a trial um for a week or a month i can't remember just a dollar instead of like 15 dollars so i was fiddling around and i opened up back for blood the uh newish zombie shooter and actually you know i managed to play for a few minutes with the ai just shoot some zombies it was so clunky and awkward but it worked um, so if you had an Xbox controller that worked, you could, on a Mac, theoretically go and play, like, stream some Xbox games. Um, 
but it's a little odd. And, you know, I could tell, you know, obviously the UI and kind of the graphics and uh, what do you call it? The field of view and everything was like really awkward, at least to my eyes. Um, like it was very console but it worked. So that's interesting. Um, so maybe if you had a controller, you can check it out. You need the uh, you need the highest tier to stream the games. I forget what it's called, Ultimate, something or the other. But my point is, um, <clears throat> the point I was getting at, rather, excuse me, um, I'm hoping they eventually make it more like GeForce Now, where it's just, they'll stream the PC games and it either goes right to a browser with mouse and keyboard support, or they even have a Mac app. That would be cool. Because then, because Microsoft, spoiler alert, bought Activision Blizzard, in case nobody knows, um, and they've already acquired, what, um, Bethesda and, like, ZeniMax and... Um, I think even did they acquire mm-hmm. Arcane, the guys who do like Deathloop and Dishonored? I don't remember. Or I think Bethesda acquired them, and then they there's all I'm this like sure umbrella they, upon yeah. umbrella stuff going on of who owns who. So you buy one person, and suddenly you own this like big catalog mm-hmm. of stuff and developers. Anyway, Microsoft now owns a boatload of PC developers. I mean, okay, console too, but for our like Mac gaming related purposes, we're interested in the PC guys usually. Um. And, of course, Microsoft is heavily pushing their streaming. And, of course, so is NVIDIA. So the question is, of course, we want native Mac games. We've talked about this before. Ports, please. We'd like them first. That was Ted's, you know, Ted's quote. Ports, please. Um, We are getting more this year than usual. I think (laughs) we're getting four to five kind of bigger games. We'll get to those later. That's awesome. Um, But the truth is we're not going to be getting, you know, your God of Wars and your dishonoreds and your your call of duties and as it stands before um microsoft even bought activision blizzard in this case more we're focused on blizzard because activision doesn't produce mac ports anyway uh it already seemed like diablo 4 wouldn't have a mac version overwatch never did they're already making overwatch 2 that just kind of continued they're they're launching a new ip some survival game um so that was even before microsoft bought them so, okay, Microsoft back in the day, ah, oh, Bill Gates, the devil, rah, rah, rah. Um, you know, so they already have a large customer base in, in Xbox users and PC users. So the question is, do they care enough to push a little further and grab, you know, whatever market share there is on the Mac? Because if they do, eventually, you, as a Mac user, if you have the appropriate internet and you're willing to pay the subscriptions, you could play pretty much every notable AAA game on the market with a couple exceptions and that would be really that would be really interesting um and in the case of mm. uh the PC Game Pass thing they have a lot of like same day launches and everything as well like it's all just there you don't have to like wait it's not like oh con- you know you don't have to like wait some weeks for it to come out it's just boom it's just there um so I find that very interesting. We'll have to see what they do, because obviously we don't know what Microsoft's going to do. We know what NVIDIA is doing. That's been pretty clear. They've been at it for years now and pushing Mac hard and everything. And that's great. Um, so, yeah. But as Casper was saying earlier, well, Sony already has their own streaming service. Uh, Microsoft already has their own streaming service. Um, Google has their own Stadia thing going on. So there's all these competing streaming wars. You know, it's just, it's just delayed. Um, I guess we're even seeing that going on in entertainment, though. Disney has their own streaming and Paramount and like everyone wants their own streaming service because it's good money, but it's bad for consumers because your content that you want is spread out and you have to pay more money to access it in streaming form. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that 
like in the music world it's so <coughs> nice because apple music and spotify basically have everything right <laughs> but in almost all other of these streaming worlds like film tv shows games apparently uh, now it's so spread out and you have to have like a billion subscriptions yeah. to everything to get all the content like i wish yeah. we could have more like that music world where you just have you know whatever platform yeah. you choose just I definitely all, appreciate almost that at least on the music side because i do use spotify um i've mucked around with apple a bit on like a free trial mm-hmm. but I was all my stuff started on Spotify, so I'm like whatever, and it seems to pretty much have everything I want, with a few exceptions. Um, but swinging back to Microsoft, uh, do you guys have any personal takes on Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard? Any thoughts or comments or you know anything of interest, or is it just kind of like whatever for you guys? What do you think? I mean, um, I'm I'm kind of wary of it. Um... Because, like, I also know the people who uh, really like PlayStation are also a bit wary of it, um, thinking that this is just going to block off mm. even more games from their platform of choice. And I think there is some risk that down the line, uh, even the Blizzard games that do have Mac support right now are going to get less attention on the Mac. I don't think they're going to just go and remove um, mm. support for games that already have Mac support. Um, but things like World of Warcraft being the first game to implement, I think, both Metal back in the day and native uh, Apple Silicon support, it might be less, you know, Apple first moving thing uh, in the future. And um, I don't know, I, I do have some reservation about it, um, but I don't necessarily think it's going to make a huge different difference for the um, the Mac market of games. Um but I also think it's interesting timing for Microsoft to uh, go and pick up Activision uh, with all the uh, scandals right, that's been right. happening lately in that front. Um, <clears throat> though that might have just, you know, gotten them a better <laughs> price or something. I don't know. But. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you feel, Ted? Well, yeah. I, 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 I'm not. You know, as far as from the Mac gaming aspect, I'm. You know, having lived through the uh, Bungie acquisition years ago, <laughs> you know, I was really disappointed when all the, you know, the the Halo series never made it to the Mac. And, and uh, you know, that was just a shame because the first game was, at the <coughs> time, was, you know, spectacular. And Bungie had a really good track record of games that they made for the Mac prior to that. I don't know if any of you, if you, you played any of the real early stuff, but I played almost everything they ever made, you know, back in the day for Mac, and it was really liked it, you know. And and I, you know, you're right. They probably they did acquire all of the employees. I was just reading an article on it, which implies they impl- uh, acquired the uh, the Mac gaming department and the people that do all mm. that work, since they do it all in house. So one would think that they would probably keep at least the, you know, World of Warcraft expansions on the Mac, you know, but um, I don't, I just don't see them expanding into the Mac. And that's one thing I was, would, would really have hoped for. But uh, I mean, you know, for years, um, uh, what do you call it? Blizzard was one of the companies that would always come out with a Mac version, you know, so you had Diablo, you had World of Warcraft. And then all of a sudden the last, I don't know, you know, so several years ago, you know, they came out with uh, 
games that didn't include the Mac version, and I could see that they were changing. I'm not sure why, but I don't see Microsoft doing <laughs> going out of their way <laughs> to release Mac stuff either. But again, again, you know, I'm you know I'm I'm hopeful when you're you know all the talk you had about the uh, the streaming stuff. Um, I. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people, they're always talking about video streaming and all that. And I think there's a lot of people out there who will go with the subscription for a while. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't be, oppo wouldn't be uh, opposed to going to, okay, I want to play game X. I'm going to subscribe to company B for <laughs> the four or five months it's going to take me to finish the game right. <laughs> and then go looking somewhere else. But, um, you know, but I, yeah, I would love to see something like Spotify for games, where or a Mac Apple Music for games, where everything was available under one under one umbrella, right. essentially. But uh, yeah, I I just don't see Microsoft go, you know, supporting the Mac that much. It seems very unlikely unless but. they somehow just get like really almost platform agnostic, so to speak. I mean, obviously, okay, Sony's like their arch enemy or something, I guess. But, um, you know, kind of the PC Mac wars, in my, at least in my mind or heart, whatever, I think are long over. Um, and now there's just kind of left with computers. And obviously, there's a lot of crossplay between PC and Xbox. Um, and now it's just kind of Sony versus Xbox. That's it. In my mind, that's kind of what's going on on like the gaming market the publishing what's exclusive what's released blah 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 um that's my feeling anyway uh as i forgot a fairly important detail about the uh pc game pass from microsoft is that unlike geforce now you don't need to own the games you're you're just subscribing to their library and you can stream or download oh. them um for a very good price and that's why their service is exploding they've boasted 25 million users Though I think GeForce Now and NVIDIA also boasted a similar amount, so maybe they all just threw out these, like, millions of whatevers. But I do think that's very interesting. So, of course, then it gets into the discussion of, well, I'm not comfortable with that because I don't actually own the game. What if the servers go offline? Or, or yeah, what if I don't want to subscribe anymore? Or whatever. Or, you know, what if uh, I suddenly have some financial trouble? Well, I don't own the game anymore, so I can't keep playing it with my buddies or whatever. Um, that's definitely a concern. In in a sense, um, but at the end of the day, gaming is also a luxury hobby, um, and there's tons of free to play stuff. I mean, okay, the Mac free to play is more limited, but if you hop on GeForce Now, that gets a lot bigger. There's quite a lot of pretty much all the free to, major free to play games on Steam are on GeForce Now. You can just go and play Apex Legends or Fortnite or whatever. There's even free sessions technically, so it doesn't cost you anything. Um, so I'm not really worried about that, but I do think that's cool. That you can just that's because I don't actually own Back for Blood, the uh, it's kind of Left for Dead three for all intents and purposes. Um, so that's how I was able to just pick it and stream it. But um, yeah. you know, you could also go and play the latest Halo, and um, you know, they don't have every single game like ever, but they have like a growing library. Uh, what do they call it? A curated library of like popular stuff or classics or whatever. Um, so I think that's cool. <clears throat> uh, it's yeah. Sorry, go ahead, yes. What the point you're making there is also only really um, important if um, you're in a situation where you already have or are planning on getting a PC capable of playing these games locally anyway. 
because if you're using GeForce now, because you're on a Mac and these games aren't available and you're not planning on boot camping or getting a PC or something, then it doesn't matter if you own it separately on Steam or if you're just renting it through the streaming service. When you can't stream it anymore, you can't play it. Yeah, anymore. that's true. Good that's point. true. Um, uh, they're de- uh, Microsoft's definitely going to throw like all the Blizzard Activision stuff on their on their game passes. I guess what's interesting to me is. Uh, like how much I guess Overwatch is already on Xbox and so is Diablo 3 and I don't know if Hearthstone is Heroes of the Storm definitely isn't Starcraft definitely isn't these games can't be played with controllers Uh, World of Warcraft isn't unless I'm crazy I'm pretty sure it's a computer only game so what I'm curious about moving forward is Microsoft going to influence Blizzard specifically Blizzard because uh, Activision con- seems to release all their stuff on console anyway. Um, are they going to influence them more towards, well, anything new you make has to also work on an Xbox and PC? Um, Xbox, like, no matter, like yeah. I'm curious, will that be the case? I guess we'll see, because they, they did announce a new IP without a name. I think it's just some survival game of some type. Um, so I'm very curious to see that. I would be disappointed if that was true, because... Blizzard, or at least, okay, they haven't recently, but they used to make incredible strategy games and MMOs and stuff. I mean, StarCraft Two is over like 10 years old. Diablo Three is over 10 years old. WoW is almost 20 years old or maybe more. Like, okay, they're still, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're still launching expansions, of course, but <clears throat> let's say the next MMO they make. Um, is there even MMOs on consoles? Am I crazy? Is that even a thing? Or is it like not a thing? <sighs> I think there's been a couple, right. but it, it's not really a big. But there, <laughs> there's probably been some right. attempts, but nothing right. that majorly. Similarly, I anything. recall there's been a handful of real-time strategy games on consoles. I think some Tom Clancy stuff, and it was like voice controlled or something weird. Um, never seems to be a big hit. So I guess I happen to really like. I prefer. I really like strategy games. Uh, I really love Warcraft. Not World of Warcraft so much. You know, Warcraft one through three. Starcraft 1, Brood War, Starcraft 2, big fan of all of them, played it all a lot, replayed it all a lot. Um, So I'm hoping to see another strategy game from them. But again, is it going to be some weird, it has to be a console thing, therefore they won't make a strategy game? Of course, if they made one, would it even be on Mac? Probably not, but maybe. Uh, uh, Ted, you you mentioned uh, you weren't sure why Blizzard had stopped supporting uh, Mac stuff. So that was with the launch of Overwatch. Uh, and they claimed this was also around when Apple was right. transitioning to metal, or maybe they already had, but it was like new. Um, and Blizzard had complained there was some issue with the Overwatch engine and metal. And I don't know what it was, but they there was some blurb about it somewhere in an interview or a statement or something. Um, and that's as much as we got. And I thought back then, oh, for sure, they'll just work it out. Uh, and so- here we are, and, and they haven't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they they probably could work it out now if they put some development effort into it. But to be fair to them, when Metal first came out, it actually did have, I would say, a substantial number of bugs that you know made some functionality pretty hard to implement in an efficient way without getting right. And it's possible and they put so. for them to make that statement probably means they tried, ran into a bunch of uh, bugs or walls or whatever obst- roadblocks, let's say, and went well no can do or maybe if apple changes something um 
But as we know, Apple's notoriously weird about gaming. Uh, you know, Gabe Newell of Steam has said this. You know, he's tried working with Apple back in the day over years after years, back in 2010 when we got, like, the Orange Box and Left 4 Dead and Portal and Team Fortress 2 and all that stuff. Valve made a push onto Mac gaming, but they weren't really met by Apple. And then it just kind of petered off. And then, of course, the 64-bit apocalypse or 32-bit apocalypse knocked out, you know, Left 4 Dead 2 and Portal and Team Fortress and all that stuff. Um, you can go play them all, them all in GeForce now, though. <laughs> I'm always plugging I'm always plugging that, but it's, but it's all there. So you can go back and play them. Again, free sessions if you want. Um, yeah, it's just weird times. Um, I was having a discussion on IMG, and I really think... Big Mac gaming, big. I think indie gaming will go, kind of go on forever, uh, in, in all its various forms, because there's a certain amount of creativity and experimentation and really interesting stuff going on in the indie scene that's just kind of never going to happen in the AAA scene, um, most likely anyway. So I think that'll go on. I think AAA Mac gaming, because it's basically it re- okay. So if you think about it, Aspire is basically gone. They haven't put out a Mac game since. Okay, I said 2016. Someone on the forum corrected me. They released some uh, roller coaster tycoon game or something in 2018. But that game itself was like three or four years old. So it's not like they released a new game. They just released a several-year-old game in 2018. So whatever. Um, they actually sent me a code for some random reason, and I did install it. I'm like, okay, well, they sent me a code because I'm on their uh, journalist list. It's not. It was not my kind of game at all. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'll at least try and put out a YouTube video. I disliked it so much I couldn't even do that. But it's a really popular game. People love it. It's just that sim park buildy stuff isn't for me. Um, basically, Mac gaming, big Mac gaming. We're talking AAA Mac gaming here, as we know it, is in the hands of one UK studio, aka Feral Interactive, and anyone doing in-house ports, which is totally unknown because they never announce them. They just release them. See uh, Borderlands Three. See Dying Light. Uh, those are the two main examples. Uh, Metro Exodus, although that wasn't necessarily an in-house port. The guys from um, La- Larian's weird. The guys who do Divinity because they have a sub team who's part of Larian called Alvaris, but they're also their own unit that does like Mac porting stuff. Anyway, they helped get Metro Exodus ported. Um, very cool, good stuff. But again, we didn't. It wasn't like we knew that it, it just launched. You know, surprise, here we go. Same with Borderlands 3. No idea if it was coming to Mac or not. Six weeks later after the BC launch, surprise, here's the Mac version. So it's like, okay, great, but it's unreliable, right? Like, will we get a Dying Light 2 port on Mac? Don't know. The Dying Light port was, I think, two to three years after the PC one? Long time. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is coming. Um, I plan on um, probably trying to play it in boot camp. Well, we get a MAGA version. Well, I'm kind of going to wait like five or six weeks and see if they surprise. Here's a MAGA version, you know, <laughs> don't know. So in terms of reliability, we're literally down to one studio, Feral Interactive. And they were clearly hit very hard by COVID. And you can track their trajectory of releases up to 2019, which was like three to five a year. And then er, it just fell off a cliff down to one a year, one in 2020, one in 2021. And we know they're doing at least Total War Warhammer 3 in 2022. Uh, somebody did spot a um, the new Grid game, Grid Legends. They spotted a, um, what do you call it, Mac binary, posted it on SteamDB. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Sometimes they're posted and the games never manifest a Mac version. But Feral has put a ton of racing games on Mac, including a lot of Grid games. 
Maybe they're doing something and they just haven't announced it. Don't know. Maybe it's an internal port. Maybe it means nothing. We don't know. The reliability is out the window, right? Um, so that's why I think eventually, um, it, like Big Mac Gaming, the future of Big Mac Gaming is streaming. And someone on the forum was like, well, isn't that kind of true of everything? Like PC game, maybe even PCs and consoles, like everything's just eventually going to be streaming. Um, and I said, well, maybe it's clearly getting popular, but those platforms are operating from extreme positions of strength already with ports, right? You can't call Sony, uh, you know, PlayStation or Xbox or PC gaming like struggling. Was it ever? I mean, I don't think so. Not really. Maybe whatever, 20 odd years ago, you could say it might have been, but no time recently in any case. So I'm not saying this to be like some doomsayer. I just think unless something changes, say everyone suddenly loves Apple's new silicon hardware, which is in fact very good and very powerful for what it is. If things continue without changing, we're kind of, you know, I think it's just going to go the way of streaming and or or emulation more and more stuff's getting better in uh, crossover or in parallels or through streaming or, you know, through emulation software like Casper has yeah. been mucking about with. Um, so if, you know, yeah. Actually, um, on that point, the, the guy I mentioned who did a lot of the development mm. work for RPCS3, uh, NAS, he's also done work to get uh, God of War running Ooh. through crossover on the uh, M1 series of Macs uh, and, I guess, any other Mac with crossover. So uh, he's really uh, pushing hard Very on. Very interesting. On if I'm not, run, if so. I'm not, good uh, gold nice. star to him. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, crossover is soon, or, or wine is soon adding um, DirectX 12 support. If I'm pretty sure they said it's happening this year, um, hmm. so that that enables a whole new range of games to well possibly run, not guaranteed to run. It allows people to start tinkering with the possibility of newer games to run, basically. Yeah. Um, DirectX 12 only games, which, well, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there, there's a number of them. Um, so yeah, I said, okay, the future of the gaming streaming, but let's just say, let's put that under a bigger umbrella of emulation, streaming, virtualization, whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, because I am, I am shocked how much even a, uh, a base MacBook Air can do with crossover. It can run The Witcher 3 and it can run like God of War and, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, frankly, not very well, like on low settings. You're not going to be busting out like medium high ultra stuff. Maybe on the newer Mac Pros, like maybe your fancy Mac Pro or uh, or Max, sorry, your M- M1 Max, is it? Um, yes, uh, it can run right, uh, yeah, The Witcher on yeah. pretty much ultra, yeah, through crossover. Right, right, or right. My one. So um, stuff like that is also promising. Crossover is a pretty cool software. Uh, a what do you call it uh uh confession of mine uh many a year ago i got in touch with them or they got in touch with me i forget which because there was a time i was actually doing a lot in mac journalism and had some visibility um in any case i was in touch with crossover oh okay it was through a um it's through a staff writer i had in germany uh this lady really cool older lady um, she had done a lot of tinkering to get all the Mass Effect trilogy working through uh, Wine and Crossover and written like all these tutorials and everything is really cool because um, I was a big Mass Effect fan so somehow I connected with her got her to write some stuff for the old MGC site be kicking around in archives now I'm talking like 2013-14 range um, anyway she put, she was like a high level 
not advisor, but what do you call it? Like a volunteer, basically. They have a name. I forget what they were called. But she would go around helping people in the forums and fixing stuff and talking to them directly and all that kind of stuff. So she linked me up with um, Code Weavers and got me a review copy. Like, uh, or I think back then they might have even had a gaming version, quote unquote, of crossover. If I'm not mistaken, I think they did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was separated, but maybe I'm wrong. In any case, uh, I got a copy for like a year and I honestly used it a bunch, but I never put out a video or ever reviewed it. I'm such a, I'm such a rat. Um, I played through like <laughs> Fear 3, the Dawn of War series before Feral ported Dawn of War 2 and all that. Uh, what else? I was playing Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl. It all worked really, really well. And I totally thought, I'm going to review all this and do all these videos, and I don't know what happened to me. It didn't happen. Sorry, sorry, Code Weavers. Um, I, I, I used your free stuff and didn't repay you. My bad. Um, I should I should try to make up for that somehow <laughs> by uh, doing some videos or reviews now. But yeah, um, so I've been pushing streaming a lot in the podcast lately. Well, last year, but... Uh, Crossover deserves a lot of credit, or wine in general, if you're a tinkerer like Casper um, or Andrew Zai and these other guys. Um, they they also deserve, or that software, that service, that also deserves a lot of credit. Uh, once again, Crossover has a free trial. You can go check it out. It's cool. There's a really strong community around um, figuring this stuff out, basically. I found it's very friendly, very supportive. You can often find interesting answers in the forums or with other yeah. users. And I guess now maybe discords. There's probably a lot of that going on. Um, so if that sounds interesting, I encourage anyone listening to go poke around crossover, uh, especially if you have like a new M1 machine of any type, M1, M1 Max uh, or Pro or Max or whatever, because your computer can do some surprising stuff. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um so that's kind of it, yeah. Um, what's interesting about World of Warcraft to me is, or, or just thinking about Blizzard in general, they were such a part of my childhood. I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure the first Blizzard game I played was Warcraft 2. My brother came home with it, and I even remember looking at the disc and being like, wow, because on the disc printed... Oh, sorry, I'm holding a little like hand massager thing. Um, on the disc printed was PC and Mac, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> That's hybrid. It's so cool, you know, because I was used to buying <laughs> Mac-only versions and PC-only versions, and they were doing hybrid. It, like, blew my mind at eight or nine years old or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, so I have a lot of fondness for them. But, you know, realistically, most of their, yeah, all their franchises are basically old. Let's face it. Diablo 3 is a 10-year-old RPG. StarCraft, Warcraft, you know. Okay, they released Warcraft 3 Reforged. That almost doesn't count because they kind of messed it up. Um, but it's still there and it does the max support. You can't, you can't play it, but Diablo two remaster, no max support. It's like, come, come on guys, just Diablo two. Tell me you can't put out a Mac version. Um, apparently not. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Um, getting over a dry cough. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Blizzard. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they will take away like the Mac binaries either. I think they'll stay supported, which is Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, World of Warcraft. Um, Diablo 3. I mean, technically, isn't there... Pretty sure you can still play Diablo 2, perhaps, as well, with some sort of updated installer thingy. Um, am I wrong? Um, yeah, so there's actually kind of a cool community around the original uh, Diablo mm-hmm. 2 uh, games. So if you have the original Diablo 2 game, you can go 
on various GitHubs and such and download mm. um, replacement engines. So to get like a more kind okay, of your own okay. little remastered version um, wow. based around cool. the original game files. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, so, th- that. so there's options if you're into the glory days of ARPGs, of which Diablo, Diablo 2 are certainly very much a defining part of, or I believe they even invented the genre, if I wasn't mistaken, when Diablo 1 invented the action RPG genre. Yeah, fun fun fact, Diablo was originally a uh, turn-based game, um, which I only learned watching a, like a, uh, I was going to say CDC, uh, that's not the right word. Uh, the game GDC <laughs> game developer conference, uh, what do you call it? Like retrospective on Diablo, and I had no idea. I was like, "Holy cow! Diablo was a turn-based game initially. What? Like that's crazy!" You know, I had no idea. Um, yeah, interesting there. But I didn't want to go on a tangent on game history. Um, <clears throat> so we don't know what's going to happen with Mac Gaming, other than it will go on one way or the other. Um, and there's still in my mind some potential for studios to surprise us. I don't think there's a really high chance, but I think there's a chance because the Apple hardware is getting way better uh, and the baseline is getting way stronger, as we've seen with the M1 Air. Um, But what we do know is we do have, well, unless people change their minds, people meaning publishers and developers, we do have some upcoming Mac games this year. I don't have uh, release dates other than 2022, Um, but we do have Psychonauts 2. Um, So we'll be getting a Mac version, which is a double fine. I'm pretty sure it's a double fine. You know, the guys who made Full Throttle back in the day and a bunch of other cool stuff. Obviously, they made Psychonauts 1. I never played it. Um, and I've heard nothing but good things about Psychonauts 1 and 2. Um, I believe you're some kind of, like, uh, mind agents, and you go into other people's brains or dreams or something, and I'm trying to save the world. I don't know. Something's going on. Maybe Casper or Ted knows more than me about it. Um, yeah, in the, in the original game, you were in, like, a school of uh, mind agents, so... Um, something about like I'm very much remembering this vaguely because it's been quite a while but something about going into the minds of various people and like taking whatever holds them back away like fighting their internal fears or frustrations or uh, self-confidence issues and stuff like that from inside their minds Uh, what else do we have going on Uh, we have Everspace 2 uh, which is pretty cool. Everspace One does have a Mac version, uh, which was like this really graphically awesome. I think it was made on Unreal Engine Four, like uh, like indie roguelike kind of game. I did buy it and play it for a while. Uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, kind of straightforward. Pick a ship, fly around, try to do some missions. Uh, you know, fight pirates, or I think you can even kind of like become a pirate yourself. It's not like an open world space game. It's more linear. And it's designed to be roguelike, so you die, but then you. Get save upgrades in the usual roguelite system. So Everspace 2, I believe, has gone way bigger, way more ambitious. I think it might even be semi-open world and just kind of more of more of everything. More more ships, yeah. more missions, more, more, more. But I've heard good, it's an early access now. I've heard good things. Um, so that's supposed to be getting a Mac version. So that's cool. Um, I'm a big fan of sci-fi, space gamey stuff. Um, I, Everspace 1 was single player. I don't know if Everspace 2 will have multiplayer. I didn't go look before. Uh, I just made the list of games I happened to know that were coming. And I played Everspace 1, so I'm just using my knowledge of that. Um, Everspace 2, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I think that's supposed to be come out around the middle of this year. Um, and of course, the one we have mentioned before, Total War Warhammer 3. Uh, I believe it's slated the PC release for February 25th, unless they bumped it. Uh, the Mac version isn't same day, but it's supposed to be, Farrell just said, like, very soon. 
quote unquote, after the PC release. So one week, two weeks, a month. Well, I don't know what that means other than soon. Maybe we'll see it in March. But Total War Warhammer 3, Total War Warhammer 2, ever since it launched, has been, I think, like the top 20 to 50 played on Steam or maybe a minimum. It never left the top 100 since launch. But I think maybe even possibly never like the top 50 or even higher. Super popular. Um, it's what got me into Warhammer, Total War Warhammer 1 and 2. I mean, sorry, it's what got me into Total War games. I, I always thought I would love the previous ones, and I just somehow never did. I don't know why. Um, anyway, yeah, Warhammer 3. And the crazy thing is, if you own all three games, they have this, um, what do they call it? The Grand Campaign or Grand Empire. There's a name. I forget what it's called. It stitches together all the game worlds into one like ludicrously big map with every single faction and it's going to be glorious um, or maybe ridiculous because the AI will be like one hour later, the like 50 factions have done moving. <laughs> um, anyway, cool. stuff. You can also just buy it standalone. You don't have to mess with like the other games. Um, what else do we have? I mentioned the grid legends thing already is a possibility, not confirmed. That's unconfirmed. Uh, Firmament by Cyan. So the guys who did, you know, Mist and what was it? Riven. Like I never got into them. Maybe you guys can illuminate me on this. Apparently, they were, like, groundbreaking, super awesome, defining, like, super nostalgic now. Like, people love these games, and I just never got into them. But have you guys ever gotten into Mr. Riven or any of these kind of games? I I played Mist uh, a lot. Um, the, at the time when it was released, I remember that the um, the the images and the graphics were just... You know, they weren't motion. You were. It wasn't. It's not an action game, but the the scenery, the, the design, and everything was just spectacular for the for the time that the game came out. The puzzles were extremely um, difficult, <laughs> to say the least. Um, having played through the whole thing, I can say uh, some of the some of the stuff was you really had to do some good thinking to get the uh, the answers of how to get through it and i think that's what intrigued a lot of people was it it wasn't just uh run around and shoot everybody but it really made you think and you know really made you interact with the environment to try to get the clues and then decipher the clues so that you could you know continue onwards so um yeah it was a real good brain workout <laughs> nice. but uh but yeah it, the graphics i think was was the big part of it and uh i looked at some stuff on on the new game and uh it looks like they're trying to do kind of the same thing but they're they're putting a little bit more motion into it and um but again it's it's a real heavy puzzle based game so <clears throat> nice yeah i did play miss back in the day but i don't really remember it very well uh, hmm. It's been it's been quite a while, but Ted, you you might be able to help me on this. Were the puzzles actually like thinking, or was it like you know impossible to work out unless you sat and just clicked everything because it's something totally arbitrary and nonsensical? Well, some of them were thinking, and some of them were were observing. I, I can remember one in particular. It, it always stuck with my mind because it, it really stumped me. And I had a friend that has a real good mind for puzzles, and he actually worked it out with me. But yeah, I you had to pick up information from nearby to answer the puzzle itself. You know, there was this one particular puzzle in Mist, if I remember it correctly, and my brain could be off, but. 
there was a planetarium which you had to set to a specific date and time to see the to open up a chamber and the information from for that date and time was nearby and you had to relate this piece of information that was just sitting there by itself to being needed inside the planetarium <laughs> it was that was a thinker, you know, because, but again, you know, yeah, you had to poke around and some of the, you're right. Some of the, um, some of the chambers were like, they weren't, you couldn't see them. And the only way to really find them was to like poke and see stuff, you know, but, mm -hmm. uh, some of them were, you know, there was some thinkers, there was some poking and there was some just gorgeous graphics for the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember the most about it. It's been a long time. Yeah, that's that was my impression because I, I, you know, it was probably um, showing up in like Mac Attic magazines or uh, stuff like that. And I definitely saw photos and, and I recall going, "Wow, that looks really good." But then it was like puzzle exploration game. And I'm like, "Bah!" You know, I was playing, you know, Deus Ex and Fallout and Real Tournament and all this, you know, violent action <laughs> stuff or whatever. Uh, yeah, Max Payne, whatever. Uh, fun little fact: I just peeked. Um, Mist was made on a Mac and or for Macs originally. It was made in um, HyperCard in 1993. Uh, uh, HyperCard, you know, wow. Yeah, apparently. I, mm -hmm. Unless I'm misreading, I think it was... I, I, unless they did a hybrid launch. I don't know if it launched for Mac first, then PC, or Mac and PC simultaneously. I couldn't quite grab that detail on a quick read, quick Google. Um, but it seems like it was made... Um, it, it's the article here says it was built using Hyper, HyperCard, an Apple program created by Bill Atkinson. Yep. Wow, responsible for Mac Paint and a bunch of other original Mac programs and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've heard that before as well, and I do actually think it had a brief window of exclusivity on Mac before it came to uh, to PCs as well. Um, hmm. So yeah. right, because back then that was actually happening with Coughs um, uh, companies like Ambrosia Software, who did Escape Velocity and a bunch of other fun stuff. Um, Bungie, of course, was doing Mac-only stuff for quite a while until, mm -hmm. um, I don't, I think Myth might have been their first hybrid, like, simultaneous release. I don't believe any of the marathons got a PC release, unless I'm wrong, maybe later. Certainly not at launch, the way, like, Myth, Myth was, like, a launch on Mac and PC. Marathon, what, I, they might have ported Marathon 2 or Infinity to PC later, I guess I don't know. Um, but certainly no time recent. Of course, Pathways into Darkness... Yeah, that was a good. Um, what game. else? Yeah. What else did they do? I can't recall. Oh but, God, um, there was one just before that. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, no, doesn't. Yeah, lose but me. um, so, yeah. So you know, obviously, the world we live in today is like, wait a minute, you're telling me like a notable Mac game was, or a notable like computer game was Mac exclusive, and the PC got it later. What? What have you been smoking? You know, like it's like no, that was actually a thing, like in the early nineties. <laughs> yeah, Activision used to come out with Mac games. I, you know, it was it was amazing <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, uh, I know Blizzard was. Did Activision help with Blackthorn, or was that Blizzard only? I can't remember. I think I recall seeing Activision on a splash screen or something. I don't recall. Yeah, so create, you know, but. That's like almost, that's like basically 30 years ago. Yeah, almost 1993. And it's almost 20, you know, give us a year and it'd be 30 years. So <laughs> roughly wow. 30 years ago, yeah, Max would get exclusive stuff. And it actually had a pretty strong gaming platform. Um, and there was yeah. the Pippin. 
Right. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, Those were yeah. the days. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were. I was such a... Me and my brother, um, man, we were so big on Ambrosia Software. We played, like, everything they put out. Uh, they They had interesting twists on basic games like i think they had some really weird version of pong or um oh my god what's that game where you're just like a little worm and you go around like eating oh, things centipede? Or centipede but they had like some really wild version of centipede. oh they had it that was a good game that yeah had, that was like, a lot this, of fun this like pipe smoking worm dude who would like laugh yeah. at you <laughs> um they just had like weird twists on classic stuff and they had some really cool original creations um or publications they weren't the creators of, say, the Escape Velocity series, which was big back in the day. It was made by Matt Birch, who uh, Ambrosia published it. But um, fun fact, uh, they're actually remaking the second game under a different name. It's called Cosmic Frontier or Encounters. Which is it? Uh, hmm. I'm in their Discord. Oh, my goodness. Where is it? Cosmic Frontier. They had a Kickstarter. Honestly, I didn't back it. I'm almost ashamed to say that. Um, but I was like, I don't know if I want to go back and play. The reason I didn't back it is because they're implementing the one game in the series I don't like. It was <laughs> the second one. I I really didn't like it. In fact, I never bought it because back then everything was shareware. You could just try it. Couldn't. St- mm-hmm. I thought it was terrible. They radically changed kind of everything about the game, and I didn't like it at all. So I really liked Escape Velocity 1 and Escape Velocity 3, a.k.a. EV Nova, which was more like a return to form. Totally bought that. In fact, I think I bought it even twice or three times because I lost the, the CD serial key or something. And I'm like, you know what? I want to play EV Nova again. And I'm like, oh, I don't have code, so I just bought a new one. Um, yeah. Really fun game. So I'm glad they're remaking it, but um, I don't know if this is true, but I heard yay back in the day, like, PC users are envious of Mac gamers playing Exceed Velocity. They, like, bought a Mac just to play it. I don't even know if that's true. Like, probably not, but... I believe Ambrosia did port eventually one of the... I think EV Nova got a PC release, the third game. And I think that was kind of it. Yeah, funny stuff. Just quickly, if we have any listeners who weren't around or didn't follow the Mac gaming space back back then, um, look up the the Pippin. It was fun times. It was uh, Apple's (laughs) attempt at making a game console back in the day. Yeah. (laughs) Pippin. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Ah, Apple's so weird, right? <clears throat> Didn't they just become, again, like, the most valuable company in the world with, like, three trillion something worth or whatever? It's like, as they say, uh, they have, like, more money than God. I mean, well, God probably has more money, but that's the expression. Um, I mean, I, I would I assume God, God has, has like, any money. God wouldn't need money, right? <laughs> no, but let's just assume if you wanted, he would have infinite. Like, let's just assume sure. there's a supreme being with infinite powers or whatever. Uh, presumably, he would have access. He or she would have access to like all whatever wealth they wanted. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and they used to do Mac gaming stuff. Apple, I, I can't figure Apple out. Maybe it's just um, uh, who's in charge or who's in who's who has passion for it, and maybe those people moved on or went to different positions, lost interest, fired, moved to different companies. I don't know. Um, Because Apple obviously used to have, you know, gaming sections on their website. They had trailers. They had tips and tricks. Um, You know, like the nine, kind of up, kind of like early 90s up to around 2004 or five, maybe max, is probably, is, is in my opinion, like the strongest period of Mac gaming. 
we've of course got a lot of good games in kind of that 2005 to 2015 range or so 2016 max um but I, i i don't think i would call it strong i would just call it pretty good it was more like the 90s and early 2000s where it was like wow we kind of got everything all the time and yeah. a ton of stuff was ported and hybrid and then it kind of started falling off but um yeah mm-hmm. fun to, it's crazy i just realized oh wow i'm almost 36 and we're talking about stuff 30 years ago and i started gaming when i was five or six years old so this is like kind of <laughs> weird to suddenly realize and talk about it's probably even more so for ted um you know <laughs> yeah um uh, i don't mean that in any bad way um <laughs> no i mean ted's a distinguished gentleman of fine taste and knowledge um yeah fun stuff well it's been about an hour we covered some interesting stuff um what'll happen to max who knows but we've got games currently we've got games coming Streaming's always a thing. Emulation's getting stronger and or crossover. Wait, is crossover defined as emulation? Is wine defined as emulation? What is it defined as? A, a translation layer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, tr- the title is wine is not an emulator, right? So right, I think translation yeah, exactly. layer is the, best, the, <laughs> is the best thing we can do. We got translations coming. Um, translation support's getting better and better. I mean, people run all kinds of stuff through crossover. Like all the, I think all the Dark Souls games work. Uh, older mm-hmm. God of Wars, New God of War, Witcher. Witcher also runs really well in parallels. Coincident, if you have a stronger uh, Intel Mac, anyway. I guess I haven't. I don't know if people have been running it in the new M ones through parallels. I think um, crossover is more efficient because you're not virtualizing an entire like Windows PC thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so poke around on that. If you're like, oh, I want to play this console game or that PC game, check out Crossover or Wine. There's a surprising amount of things that run. There's a whole database on um, Codeweaver's website that's rated by users and even has like fixes and workarounds. Like, oh, my mouse doesn't work. Or, oh, I have a black screen. And they're like, well, you got to do this tinkery trick and then it'll work for you and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> let it. Okay, here. This sounds better because I think I was a little down maybe earlier on Mac Gaming. Rather than. Because I said st- I made statements like Mac- Big Mac Gaming going the way of the Dodo and whatever. That sounds pretty terrible on the Mac Gamecast podcast. So um, rather, I think it's more fair to say, and I think this is actually true, um, Mac Gaming is heavily evolving into gaming on a Mac in the broader application of you're using a Mac system to game, whether that's a native game or a streamed game or a game through Parallels or Crossover or Wine or... Some other, I don't even know what else might be there. Um, I guess you can technically, what, um, I think you can even sideload stuff from the App Store. Or if you have an M1, certain games will just run from the App Store, iOS things. You can do all kinds of stuff on your Mac, actually, a lot more than you'd think. Uh, Just a matter of how convenient or how much work you might have to put in to get it to work. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'm still very optimistic that it is just a phase of downtime and more and more <coughs> things will run natively with macOS support in the future, but I don't know. It's, I'm an optimist uh, too. That I would like that to be true. I'm just, you know, I'm going with what I know to be reliable like today, which sure. is my point of view, that's all. But I would 100% mm-hmm. like I did say there was the potential and that potential mm-hmm. is exactly what you're referring to of the M1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the next generation, like when they come out with um, like the next generation of um, silicon hardware, like uh, on a Mac Pro or a, 
or a bigger iMac, I think it's going to be crazy. It's going to have like 64 core GPU and all the, and that's going to be like insane performance and power. Um, maybe even competing with like high end PC stuff in terms of hardware power. That's cool. If we're touching that, if we're, if we're touching that subject, something I think, um, is really going to matter a lot in, in the feasibility of that mattering to the game development scene is mm. whether a Mac Pro with Apple Silicon is going to come down in price. Because the 2019 Mac Pro took quite a big jump in price from the old cheese graders and I think also the 2013 Mac Pro. Uh, so if we can get a more entry-level Mac Pro that is still a Mac Pro, but at a more affordable price, I mean, I'm not saying it should be like Mac Mini price or anything, but come down more to the level of the older Mac Pros, then I mm. think that could be very interesting from that perspective, bringing more people into a powerful Mac desktop. Right. I would agree. And one that actually has some modularity possibility mm-hmm. versus... Hopefully, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully, anyway. Certainly more possible than like an iMac, which, you know, you got to rip off the screen with suction cups to try and do anything with it inside. Um, <laughs> not exactly user-friendly. Um yeah, absolutely. No, I'm very keen to see what happens this year, because uh, by the end of the year would more or less be Apple's timeline in the, that two-year timeline to transition. Or mm-hmm. right? Am I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. It, it, end end of this year or WWDC this year, depending on when you started counting. Right. Exactly. So could get very interesting. And I hinted, alluded at this before. Um, there were. A little birdie whispered in my ear. Somebody was trying to get some very big PC games ported to Mac for like kind of the launch of Silicon. Um, you know, like cyber, basically cyberpunk. Um, but then, A, I don't think that would have run on like an M1 MacBook Air <laughs> at all. Uh, could it run on a Mac or a Pro? Probably. I, I would say yes. But then Cyberpunk had like a huge, what do you call it, its own scandals and kind of fallouts and disappointments. And that probably kind of like, well, uh, let's just can that. Um, but that idea is still there. The Mac does have a history of launch. I mean, Halo first showed off on a Mac stage with Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Okay, the game changed, True. but the Mac does have a prior history of showing off big games on a stage with release of new hardware or just to showcase something new. Lately, of course, it's just been Apple Arcade games and iOS games, and eh, maybe, uh, I guess, Larian snuck in there a few times at Divinity Original Sin 2 and stuff, or Baldur's Gate 3. That's awesome. I'm a big Larian fan. Um, so it's, you know, Long it's not time ago, Fortnite. Right, yeah. Back when, uh, back when Metal was first announced, I think, uh, right. Fortnite was shown off. Yes, yes, it was. I remember tinkering with that and... Switching actually from the regular renderer OpenGL, I guess, to metal, and my frame rate like tripled and all the stutters mm-hmm. went away. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. That was the Save the World version, not the Battle Royale version that wasn't developed yep. yet, um, or at least not publicly. Um, but yeah, there's there's previous pre- historical precedent for um, the Mac showing off stuff in very interesting ways in Mac gaming on, on big stages or big announcements, um, new hardware releases. So yeah. I'm also I'm also an optimist. I'm not down on it. I'm just also like I also try to be practical, like not get my hopes up mm-hmm. too high. But absolutely possible. Um Mac is down, it is not out. Um 
can it can it you know is there a comeback story here it's so bizarre to call the mac an underdog when we're referring to like the most valuable <laughs> company in the world <laughs> it's like yeah. wait that what are you talking about um but, i mean at yeah. apple's last uh, investor call thing what do you call it earnings call um they did tell us that the mac accounts for like 8.8 percent of revenue so it really is like Sure, Apple is a huge company, but the Mac really can be viewed as an underdog, right? It is a very small right. portion of Apple, it's and it's a very portion small of portion it, yeah. of the... Right, yeah. like less than 10%, which, you know, if it was like 12, 15, 20, it would probably... Okay, it was, you know, now we're... Yeah, it's got some, mm-hmm. some weight to it. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's just... It, it sounds funny in my head to say it when you think of Apple overall. But seeing as we're not talking about Apple overall, which is the bazillions of iPhones and iPads they sell and uh, watches mm-hmm. and stuff, um, we're talking about just Macs. But Macs are getting cooler, and they're getting faster, and they're getting more powerful. Um, yes. And they're getting better at gaming. So we just need people to actually go like, yeah, I'll take that, whatever the market share is, 10 to 12, or maybe it's up to 14. I don't know if it's up to 14% now. I think the Mac market it's share means like, increased a bit. Yeah, market share means um number of people you people which what percentage of people are using what computer, Windows or Mac and well I guess there's Linux somewhere in there. Um not a guess there is. Um yeah, so that's increasing. Uh oh, well you ha- let's just end with that stat uh you had Casper about um the poll at the developer conference. Um yeah, um, so the game developer conference is happening these days um for this year and um so if we go back to 2019, the Mac, you know, they do this poll every year where they ask all the developers present at the game developer conference, what platforms are you targeting with the game or games you're developing right now? And they check all the boxes that apply. Back in 2019, the Mac uh, accounted for 16% of the games being developed. The games developer conference also targeting a Mac or targeting a Mac as one of its platforms. Uh, this year, mm-hmm. that's up to 18%. So that's nice. some jump up. Um, yeah. And what's also cool about that stat is that the Mac is then outperforming uh, Stadia and Nintendo Switch, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> or at least it was around the same level as Nintendo Switch. I think that might also have been 18%. But yeah. No, that's pretty cool considering Nintendo Switch is enormously popular. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it should Stadia, be mentioned, though, yeah. that this uh, also includes you know indie titles or whatever else uh as long as you're at the GDC and, you know, indie titles have, I guess, more, um, there are more indie titles that seem to come to Mac than the, the big A ones, triple uh, A ones, but yeah. These days, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and I think we've gotten some really fantastic ones in the last couple of years, like really, really mm-hmm. good ones. Um, worth diving into, even if you're some sort of triple A purist type person, there's like really fun, really cool even complex stuff hanging out in the indie space um yeah so you know a two i'll take a two percent jump it's getting closer to 20 once you hit 20 you know everything everything's relative so very cool and an increase is an increase if it went down well that would be like oh you know it's a downtrend um Mm -hmm. there are some downtrends in the mac space correction there's downtrends in the mac triple a space in general there's kind of an uptrend in the rest of it uh, whether it's mm-hmm. indies, whether it's more Macs being sold, more market share, um, more general support through gaming on a Mac versus Mac gaming, which is my turn for native versus non-native. Um, 
Mac gaming equal native gaming on a Mac equaling everything else. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, does that, you know, don't let all my, I don't know if you'd even call it naysaying, but my prior statements in the podcast, um, dissuade you. Mac gaming's in an interesting place. It could still go very interesting places. And I think this year could be very promising, especially in the latter half, um, post, let's just say, yeah, WWDC, um, and maybe thereafter could be i don't have any insider info but maybe we'll be hit with uh like a big game announcement or okay maybe it might not be a new one but maybe it's like a recent pc one they're porting or something you know i would take that too you never know um the developers and creative types seem to have a soft spot or some of them anyway correction some of them seem to have a soft spot for like the mac hardware um, as far as I know, the new silicon hardware, I'm wrapping up with this. The new silicon hardware has been very favorably received by like creative professionals. As far as I know, they're very happy with it. Uh, that also bodes well. So interesting stuff. Interesting times. That's us. We're back in action. Uh, Sam is not eaten by gremlins. He did chime in <laughs> saying, uh, about an hour ago, saying good luck on the podcast guys. I should be around in the next week or a few weeks. So. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with Sam and Lily whenever they're available. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, guys. It was super fun talking to you, catching up. I think we covered some great topics. Always appreciate your thoughts and input. And thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, macgamecast.com, or in all major podcast directories. If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.